Literature Corner. It is the Literature Corner, and this week we are going to read for each other. I was just scrambling here at my house, A, to make a cup of coffee because I am excited about this hour, and I want to make sure that my reading voice is uh, as clear as possible with the help of this drug. And um, and then I was also looking at my library for which books I can read from. And I've got a couple here. I'm not going to be able to read from all of them because I want you to call in and also read for me and for yourself and for everyone else in 702 land and I know that you like the reading corner that we do inconsistently but roughly every six weeks or so. I've got a book by Fiona Snickers, Trinity on Track Love Fiona's work, one of our more prolific and excellent writers um, Nick Mschlonger, my good friend who's enjoying life in Berlin at the moment, a short stories collection Soweto under the apricot tree then some difficult important reading from absolutely brilliant South African academic and author Pumla Gola, Rape, a South African Nightmare, uh, which really is one of the most important books over the last years or so in South Africa. And then one of my favorite international writers is Zadie Smith. Many people didn't like Swing Time. I enjoyed Swing Time. She, of course, is well known for her essays and her other works, amongst them White Teeth and On Beauty. So these are just some of the titles that I've just somewhere grabbed from my library. But why don't you give us a call um, on 011-883-0702. You can read a poem. You can perform a poem if you are into performance poetry. Uh, you can read from whatever novel it is that you're busy with at the moment. Or it can be a work of nonfiction. So anything goes. I'll start us off. And um, after that, um, it is all over to you. And the beauty about reading is that it's relaxing, it's educational, and it's also just a wonderful, wonderful escape and a respite from the madness and the worry and the existential crises of this pandemic that we are living through at the moment. I am literally going to randomly open, not start from the beginning, Zadie Smith, because she's one of those authors who writes so beautifully you can, quite frankly, just uh, read anywhere from within one of her books, and the writing is absolutely gorgeous. I happen, purely perchance, to be on page 59 of Swing Time, uh, which is a book that I really, really enjoyed. Many, many Zadie Smith fellow fans didn't like it. Some, but not everyone did. So I'll read a little bit for you from page 59, and then it's over to you on 011-883-0702. That's me clearing my throat. Um, Hopefully not the Rona at the back of my throat. We stood on the balcony. Tracy held up a cigarette stolen from my father, and I stood ready to light it for her. Before I could, she sped it from her mouth, kicked it behind her, and pointed down at my mother, who, as it turned out, was right below us on the communal lawn, smiling up. It was mid-May Sunday morning, warm and bright. My mother was waving a dramatically large spade, like a Soviet farmer, and wearing a terrific outfit, a denim dungarees, thin, light brown crop top, perfect against his skin, Birkenstocks and a square yellow handkerchief folded into a triangle and worn over her head. This was tied at the back of her neck in a jaunty little knot. She was taking it upon herself, she explained, to dig up the communal grass, a rectangle about eight foot by three, with the idea of establishing a vegetable garden that everybody could enjoy. Tracy and I watched her. She dug for a while, 
pausing regularly to rest her foot on the lip of the shovel and to shout up to us about lettuces, the various strains, the right time for planting them, none of which interested us in the least. And yet everything she said was made somehow more compelling by that outfit. We watched as several other people came out of their flats to express concern or query her right to do what she was doing. But they were no match for her, and we noticed and admired the way she dispatched the fathers in a few minutes, essentially by looking into their eyes. While with the mothers, she met with resistance, yes. With the mothers, she had to make a little more effort, drowning them in language until they understood how out of their depth they were. And the thin stream of their objections was completely subsumed by the quick running currents of my mother's talk. Everything she said sounded so convincing, so impossible to contradict. It was a wave washing over you, unstoppable. Who didn't like roses? Who was so small-minded they would begrudge an inner-city girl the chance to plant a seed? Weren't we all Africans originally? Weren't we people of the land? And that is from Zadie Smith, Swing Time. Now, isn't that absolutely beautiful? I love this woman. She writes, you know, she's the kind of, she's a writer's writer. Uh, even a piece in The Guardian written by her. You, you read it and you simultaneously enjoy aesthetically the brilliance of her writing. And you also wish that you could emulate it and be as good as her. And the writing is quite simple uh, in terms of its register and language usage. And yet, despite that, there's an incredible beauty. And that tells you that you are reading the work um, of a true artist because they don't have to try and be ornate and use all sorts of gimmicks to try and make you feel as if you are in the presence of absolute brilliance. Okay, if you want to read, uh, 011-883-0702. I think some of you are sending us voice notes with a bit of reading. Chris, if you've got one, let's play it. Born in fire, he curled his fingers around her, her wrist, surprised and darkly pleased when her pulse bumped unsteadily. What are you looking for? She should have had the answer. It should have been on the tip of her tongue. But she'd lost it somewhere between the question and the hard, fast stroke of her own heart. I'll let you know when I find out. She leaned forward, rising on her toes to brush her mouth over his. But that does fine, but that does fine for now. Ah, oh, that's absolutely lovely. I think that was one born in fire by Nora Roberts. Okay. If you want to read and you'd like to do so via uh, WhatsApp, the WhatsApp number where you can leave us a little note of you reading is 072 0727021702. And, um, speaking of which, I think another one of you are reading for us, which is an absolute joy. I love reading and a culture of reading is very important to us as a country because we're never going to meet, as I always say, our developmental indices unless and until we take reading seriously. So here is another bit of reading from one of you. Hey, Eusebius, thought to read a small section from a book called Finding My Voice. Um, I'm going to read part of the introduction um, before it starts getting meaty. Before we launch into the story, here's something to think about. 
all of us early on in life are influenced by factors that don't have much to do with our own choices. The education system, the family we are born into, our culture and so on. This begins with the name you are given at birth. You're not involved in selecting it. As the master of ceremony at events in the late 1990s, I would often crack a joke about a fictitious character who I told the audience was given the name Samuel Sakala at birth. The name became a problem for Sam later in life because poor Sam spoke with a lisp. My name is Samuel Sakala, he'd say. I told many stories about my Sam character over time, which the audiences found hilarious. My jokes may have been in slightly bad taste, but the point here is this. You don't choose your name or many other factors that shape who you are or who you become. Later in life, you might add a name which you feel better fits in with your personality or what you're known for, one which you and others can pronounce with ease, right? You might also change the lens through which you look at life at based on the books you read or the people you hang out with. And in doing so, you may also question some of the beliefs you held dear when you were younger. You might be impacted by the sermons you hear from a pulpit or the TED Talk presentations you watch. You may find causes that resonate with you in such a profound way that you'll invest your time in them and perhaps consider them part of your life's purpose. That's the journey we're all on. What becomes the recipe for our lives as adults, for the most part, starts with ingredients selected from somebody else's pantry. In the end, however, we are responsible for how we will work with those ingredients and ultimately prepare a feast. That is really awesome. Thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate it. I get nervous with the Literature Corner because I want it to be an hour-long program, but of course... We still have a date with my Andrew who's going to be with us um, from half past 11. Um, so I'm going to read for you a little bit more the beginning of um, or some part of this book, uh, which is in the Trinity series, Trinity on Track by Fiona Snickers. And um, and I I really hope that, um, that many of you have read um, from this series. Again, I'm just jumping straight uh, into particular parts um, of the books that I have here in front of me because the idea is just to, to do a bit of fun reading, see whether you can do voices and, um, and so on. And so that we can make each other excited again about reading, uh, reading from, from books for one another. I frown. I've said it before and I'll say it again. 16 year old boys don't stop dead for no reason. No, they don't. Not just sitting in a chair like that. Not unless they have a serious medical condition with the newspapers don't mention. And what was it doing there in the first place? I say. It was during the school holidays. Everyone else had gone home, even the teachers. Only the cleaning staff were still there. Exactly. He must have been there for a reason. Wait, I say. What if there's someone alive today who still remembers what happened? There must be someone we can talk to about it. Lal nods eagerly. We should make a note of all the names we've come across so far, and maybe the diary will tell us more. And there is Trinity on track by Fiona Snickers, who's a prolific and an excellent South African writer. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two. What are you reading at the moment? Give us a call. You can read live on air. It can be poetry, fiction, non-fiction, and let's become a country of readers. Let's take a break here, Chris, and then more literature on the other side of this. Literature corner.
Hi, YouTubers. My name is Tumelo, and I'll be reading a piece from the book called The Emotional Politics of Racism. So it goes, My family taught me how to love and always created room for independent thought. I am so thankful for their emotional, spiritual, and material sustenance as I struggle to define myself. I am particularly indebted to my mama, who has been the cornerstone of our family. She taught us to be generous and to resist calculating our lives according to this world's mainstream formulas of value. She taught us to forgive, to let go, and to stay open to the science of the cosmos. That is absolutely awesome. O double one double eight three O seven O two is where you can, of course, call in and you can also read. I'm loving the fact that so many of you are enjoying reading. In fact, we have someone else who called the WhatsApp line and left us a note reading. That's perfectly acceptable as well. And if you want to do so, you can leave us a voice note on O seven two seven O two one seven O two. Here's another bit of reading. He was very good at that. He had a way of touching me, leaving me comatose, in a state of carelessness, touching me and making me remember things that I had forgotten to feel, making me feel things that I don't want to remember, but I cannot forget. Is that all? I really wanted more. What an absolutely gorgeous reading voice that was. Are you sure there wasn't more, Chris? I could listen to that the whole day. Reminds me of being a kid and listening to fabulous radio dramas. Whoever that was that called in, please call Lebo again. I would love to have you on the show and read a bit more. That was really, really, really cool. Frank, how's it? Welcome to the Literature Corner. Hi, you serious? I'd like to read a poem. It's my own poem. It's called We Write What We Like. Mm. Should I go ahead? Yes, sir. We write what we like because when some of us die or disappear, like James Ma, who will find the body? Who will stalk the grains of truth? And the ones to come, how will they find the spoor? We write what we like because when the blackbird stands over the child, poised for its entrail, the earth has died as much as it hit by a nuclear wave. We write as we like because the millions who were loaded into holes, some decanted into landfills, others dying water deaths. Listen, the sighs ride the seas. Our bones call out through our pins. We write as we like because smoke was rising. Grey columns, cigar smoke, when the generals peered down as crowds ran first in, in out of stadiums when the gunshots rang. We write unfitted because when a little boy died in Alex Township hit by a car, mortuary vehicle for technical reasons, arrived three hours later. We write what we like also because love, like anger, or with the force of anger, breaks through cracks in the old buildings and small weeds squeeze forth between pavement slabs where the bad boys once fought. And because the rows of little houses sprout patterns and braided, braided heads and vendor stores and rap songs and graffiti, and because curry smells blue and ripen as the day unravels, our pens won't self-muzzle or stay put 
because at Tenkwane in Mahalisburg, the immense gorgeous gate and the clouds that scratch the sky, the itching causing storms. Unconsoled, our pins weep because as the blessed boxman is caught in the trap and leaks blood, the calf must move on in search of the water brook. We write wow. words, we choose, and words that choose us, words that lasso you and grips us. Because under a tree, children read a book and the story flits from branch to branch, from archery to archery, and back to protruding roots of the gnarled tree. We write what we like since on Fridays, even in darker times, days of tanks and curfews when bullets punched holes in school uniforms, the taxis hooted, coolly clutched the clutter of downtown life, waiting, lurking for the homeward push. Salesmen call and Brenda's voice spits and steams from giant speakers, and the next day the wedding convoy slithers to the city gardens where cameras click, click, and pleasure bubbles forth from stiff suits and tight dresses. I spade words, spoon commas, similes and metaphors, like a tube eyed screed paste of hard and soft colours, blue, green, yellow, black, purple, red, orange, mustard. In ranging text, filled with widows and orphans or peppered with spaces that count as full stops. In lines that huddle by cramped margins, I play close to the edge. I write what My goodness. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that, uh, Frank. And you did a very good job as well of reading it with the appropriate dignity that those words demand. Um, hello, Vera. Hi, Vera. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello, Eusebius. Oh, you was that me? you who read that little poem nugget? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Would you that like was me absolutely to do stunning. What was it? It's from a series of, of poetry that I've written called After Matter. It's like women speaking about their sexuality. So, yeah, so. Would you like me to... That's really, really cool. So what, is that a whole anthology of yours that you've written? Is it a, do, you, do you write yeah, poetry? Yeah, published. Yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a performance okay. poet. I'm, yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I would love, to, I would love to have you back on the show. Uh, we've got a minute left or so. Can can we get a bit more from you, uh, if I can cajole you? Because I think that was really stunning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he was very good at that. He had a way of touching me, leaving me comatose, in a state of carelessness, touching me and making me remember things that I had forgotten to feel making me feel things that I don't want to remember, that I cannot forget. And so, for the rest of the week, I walked into the office with a broad grin on my face, and Cecil, from accounts, thinks I'm in love. So I lean close, and I whisper in his ear, No, honey, it's just love. Oh, that shocked him, all right. It blew him away, because women aren't supposed to feel that way. I can stop it. <laughs> I love it. Totally, totally love it. I'm smiling as you're reading that at the beginning as you're describing the feelings evoked in you or the the person in the poem. I was thinking to myself, I wonder which favorite mistake of Vera's in the annals of her past romances inspired this particular one. Thanks so much for coming oh, on. I really appreciate it. So that. many, my brother, so many. But I mean, <laughs> the way that men, the society judges women as like we are these people who just procreate. 
we have sexual in- encounters to procreate. But in, in, my, in my work, I write women as sexual beings. They go out and they do what Absolutely. they want to do, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put you back to well, Lebo so that Lebo can connect you and I. Yeah, because I'd love to have you back to speak into those themes, but also to perform some of your work. I think that's really, really awesome. So Leba's going to do that for us. Um, I'm afraid, um, Ayanda, the, uh, yeah, you're going to have to up your game. Are you going to perform the news headlines or just read it? And There's no upstaging that at all. So I'll stick to <laughs> what I know. <laughs> yeah.